Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I apologize for getting this episode to you guys a little bit late this week. You guys know I'm pretty good at dropping on Mondays or the very latest Tuesday, but this past weekend I was uh, completely checked out. It was my best friend's wedding, and I'm not talking about the Julia Roberts movie. I mean my literal best friend's wedding. So I was very busy. Um... And I had to regroup this week and basically play catch up on all of the shows that I needed to watch to recap for you guys, Um, especially because last week I just covered the scandal of it all, so I didn't even recap any Housewives episode. So I've got to get back to basics for you. So don't worry. We've got recaps coming up of Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and part one of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. But I also promised you guys that I would fill you in on my whole weekend full of fun and, um, like I almost got murdered. So I'll tell you about that. Uh, so like I said, it was my best friend's wedding. Um, my, my bestie, Anne, we call her Fran. Uh, I've been best friends with her since like seventh or eighth grade. She's amazing. Perfect. She is the icon of the moment. Um, she's like the most adorable, beautiful, little petite blonde genius. Um, she's also my attorney. So like, Pro tip, get you a best friend who will also, like, fight for you in legal situations. I mean, I've never been sued or anything, but um, one time I had to write, like, a very stern letter to a former landlord, and she nailed it. So, thanks, Fran. Um, What's great and crazy about this wedding, though, is so, like I said, she and I have been best friends since we were, like, 13. Um, she actually got married to another guy that we grew up with. Uh, so she didn't date him until well into their 20s, but um, he went to high school with us. He was a grade below us. So, like, I don't know. We didn't really know who he was, but he definitely knew who we were, especially her, but, like, both of us for sure. Um, his name is Eric. He's actually been on my podcast way, way, like, last year. Uh, He goes by the broke agent. So if you're a real estate person, you may have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal in the real estate world. Um, But so, yeah, this this wedding was like a huge homecoming. It was like a high school reunion. I honestly feel like I probably knew like 50 or 60 people at this wedding of maybe like 150 people. So a significant amount. Um, Lots of friends from childhood and high school. Obviously, I know. Um, all of Fran's family. And then I know all of her friends from like undergrad. I know her friends from law school because she was going to USC and I lived in LA at the time. So I like would go party with them one year. Her law school had like a law prom and I was her date. And let me just tell you, law students get so fucked up. Like the fact that some of these people are going to go on to be like, I don't know, Supreme Court justices or something. And I saw them like blacked out puking on each other. Just, I mean... (laughs) legendary legendary um so the the wedding was uh, amazing like so incredible honestly like just just short of being the best wedding i've ever attended and the only wedding that was better was like my own um so much fun so uh, the rehearsal dinner was uh, on friday night and it was at eric's family house and my god this house was spectacular so fucking beautiful and so the rehearsal dinner was in their backyard and um the the rehearsal was just like immediate friends and family like wedding party like basically vips and um it was gorgeous completely catered there was like a full open bar um little like 
uh, gifts for for everyone, like welcome gifts and stuff. Just so, so sweet. And then after the rehearsal dinner, they opened it up to everyone that was invited to the wedding for like a big welcome party. And the backyard that we were in, it was like it was gorgeous and completely spacious. But I remember saying to someone like, oh, wow, when they open this up to everyone else, it's going to get really crowded back here. Little did I know that there was like a whole other backyard on the other side of the house that was like even bigger and they had another bar over there and they were going to serve like fresh gelato. It was it was incredible, you guys. It was so much fun. Um, Definitely had a blast. There was a live band. Um, Oh, (laughs) the the one little snafu in the evening. Um, (laughs) At one point during like the rehearsal dinner part, thankfully it was after everyone ate and it was after people gave toasts and everyone was kind of just mingling and doing their own thing. Thank God. But um, I was talking to some friends of mine and I like felt something crawl on my shoulder. And so I immediately just assumed it's like a little bug or something. You know, we're outside, whatever. I'm, I'm not like afraid of no bug. Like, no ordinary bug, at least. So I'm kind of, like, swatting it away. And as I'm swatting it, it stings the shit out of me. So that's when I realized this is no ordinary bug. This is, like, a fucking hornet or something. So it's just stung me. I, like, the people who I'm talking to, they don't know what's happened, but they can read on my face that, like, something has occurred. I start freaking out. The the bee or hornet or whatever it is, it like won't get out of my shirt. It's now crawled over to my other arm and is like inside the sleeve where now it's it's decided this is like its final resting spot. It's going to die here on my shoulder. So I can't get it out. I'm trying to swat it out. I finally rip my shirt off and just start like like swinging it around in the air trying to get the the bee or hornet or whatever to like fly out of it. I suddenly stop and like look around the yard and there are dozens, like literally dozens of people just staring at me. So obviously I didn't like mean to steal the attention away from the bride and the groom. That was just a silver lining of being stung by a bee. (laughs) Oh, it was mortifying, but you know, it turned into a great party story for me to tell forever. Um, Eric's mom like runs over and and sweeps me inside and, you know, tends to my wound. And God, it was so dramatic and like only something that would happen to me. (laughs) But um, like I said, a great story. Um, And and now I'm like forever a part of that wedding. Like I, I already was. But for the whole rest of the weekend, like the handful of people that I didn't know at the wedding were referring to me as B-boy. So like <laughs> I I became a fixture of the wedding. And um I I think I think I'll be uh, you know, stuck in people's memory for quite some time. <laughs> and and that was the goal. I know that's what the B wanted. That's what the B intended. So I thank that B. I thank him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways Besides that, the rehearsal dinner was so fun. Um, I got very drunk all weekend, which like I don't typically do. I actually had to ask Matt very politely to be DD over the weekend just because I like didn't want to have to deal with it. So I was pretty litty titty. Um, anyways, the next day, Saturday was the actual wedding. And in the morning, we went over to the bridal suite to hang out with Franny and um, all of the girls and her, you know, mom and soon to be mother-in-law. And um, OK, pro tip, you guys, you know, I love I love giving you pro tips. Um, bring a gift for the mother of the bride. It's like so easy and so smart. We brought flowers for Fran's mom. And when I tell you, she almost started crying 
I'm lying because she did start crying. <laughs> and the whole rest of the day, she was just like so emotional. And she kept coming up to me and Matt and thanking us. And like Fran's siblings kept coming up and thanking us. And they were like, you guys are angels. Like that meant so much. And I mean, it was literally like a $10 bouquet of tulips, but it goes a long way. So pro tip, bring a gift for the mother of the bride or just like for any of the parents. Honestly, I have always been everyone's parents favorite. And this actually came up at the wedding too. Um, because what's funny is like, okay, so Fran was, like I said, one of my best friends growing up. She was super popular, part of a group called the Trendies. And, um, I, I was joking with some of my friends cause like all of these girls were there and I was saying how, I recently, not at the wedding, but actually at the engagement party, I was talking to Fran's dad and I was joking with him and I was just like, you used to scare the shit out of me. And he was like, you had nothing to be afraid of because you were never a threat. <laughs> and like, I think that's how a lot of the parents saw me. I was every dad's like dream first boyfriend for their daughter. And a lot of them, I was their first boyfriend. Um, so yeah, it, it just really, really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it like worked very well for me. I I was always very uh, well trusted and well liked by all of the parents. And, and that carries on, you know, like the parents still love me. I like moms, especially. Um, I mean, I I there's a like a great photo of me and the groom's mom like getting down on the dance floor. So anyways, follow me, follow along for more uh, tips on how to be friends with middle aged men and women. <laughs> So then uh, the wedding was that night and oh my God, you guys, it was like, like I said, the most spectacular wedding. So fun. They didn't do any like weird traditional traditions, I guess, um, like none of the like the garter belt thing, which is so icky and like hetero. Um, it really was just like fun. And um, like there was a lot of laughs and there was a lot of liquor, like alcohol was being served from the second you arrived. So yeah, all in all, an amazing weekend. So much fun. Um, I am so happy for my bestie Fran, who is currently in Bangkok, enjoying her husband's cock. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, one thing I, I will add. So I... I know I was like very checked out on social media and I really tried to pull myself out of the Bravoverse. Um, but the Scandoval was mentioned multiple times over the weekend. Um, it's funny. I'd like no one ever asks me about my job, like my real job anymore. Everyone is just like, oh, <laughs> what did you think about Tom Sandoval and Raquel? So it came up a lot. Um, you just I, you can't escape it, you know. So with that said, let's talk about last week's Vanderpump Rules. So Sheena and Brock go rock climbing and they're vlogging everything. Like people still vlog? I, I, I'm i confused. I, I feel like people don't actually still sit and watch 30 minute YouTube videos anymore. Like just go post your stories, girl. Make a reel. It's 2023. Ariana and Raquel are going bikini shopping before their girls trip to Vegas. And Ariana expresses how shocked she was that Raquel had asked Schwartz to make out and says that this was the first time she was almost mad at her. Just you wait, Ariana. Just you wait. But for real, watching all of these scenes with Raquel and Ariana just hurts. <laughs> it's really fucked up. Like, how can someone just hang out with their friend so nonchalantly knowing that they're fucking that friend's live-in boyfriend? It boggles the mind. 
It's also wild because Raquel's justifying her hitting on Schwartz by saying Katie didn't come to her puppy party. So like, let's break it down. First of all, what's worse? Not attending a puppy party, and this is coming from someone who loves puppy parties, let's just get that out on the table. My dogs have had birthday parties before, it's a thing. Or hooking up with your friend or coworker's ex-husband. Now let's take it a step further. What's worse, not attending a puppy party or hooking up with your best friend's current live-in boyfriend? Not to mention Ariana did attend the puppy party, so what's your excuse here, Rachel? Meanwhile, Sheena and Lala are FaceTiming while Brock, vlogs in the background? I don't fucking know. And Sheena calls Katie a bitch and almost breaks down in tears, and honestly, I can't with the victim mentality here. Like, what did Sheena expect? She clearly drew a line in the sand, she knew what she was doing, and now she's in tears. It's, uh, it's classic Sheena. But Lala explains pretty clearly. Sheena says that she has empathy for Katie, but then she's setting up her ex-husband with another chick. And not only that, but she's disregarding Katie's feelings completely, and for something that she's been through herself. Like, she's been through a divorce. It's, it's fucked up that she doesn't get it. She should know breaking up with someone is not like a straight line of emotions. It's a fucking roller coaster. People have good days and bad days, good months and bad months. Like, it's weird that Sheena can't seem to wrap her head around the fact that Katie might have said that she was okay with something and then changed her mind. Or maybe she said it and she never really meant it, but she was trying to save face. Or maybe she was trying to convince herself to make herself feel better. Like, there are so many reasons why Katie might have said what she did. But no matter what the circumstances, why can't Sheena just stay the fuck out of it? Like, stop playing matchmaker and just say sorry. We do get to meet Lisa Vanderpump's adorable new grandson for a moment, and it's actually really funny to hear LVP say the name Teddy in a loving tone. You know, we're so used to her talking about John Mellencamp's daughter, and we know how she feels about that Teddy. Then LVP and Ken discuss helping the Toms out in their current situation, the psychedelic sinking ship that is Schwartz and Sandy's. James, Allie, and James's mom, who looks exactly like Allie, go out to lunch, which is really just an opportunity for James's mom to get some camera time. She wants to be on this show so bad. Like, truly, she knows all of the gossip, all of the drama, all of the ins and outs, and by that I mean who's fucking who. It's so funny. She goes on and on about how much better it is that Allie and James met organically, unlike he and Raquel, who met because she was a groupie. But Allie met James because she went to a DJ James Kennedy show. So, yeah, he has a type. Groupies. Ken and Lisa go talk to the guys at SNS, and they offer to essentially buy them out of TomTom Tom to give them some more liquid funds to put back into Schwartz and Suckies. As usual, Schwartz is super grateful, and Sandoval thinks he deserves more than just his money back. He wants extra money, because he's extra. The most extra. Ariana heads off for Vegas on the girls' trip, but not before reminding Tom that he needs to get Charlotte her seizure medicine. Ariana has had Charlotte for 18 years, which hits really close to home for me. I've had Chandler for 14 years and Monica for 13 years, so this whole storyline, it like breaks my heart. Katie's getting ready for the trip with Christina Kelly, and they're discussing Raquel, Schwartz, and Sheena. Christina thinks Rachel is the one to blame. She's not as sweet and innocent as she looks. Is Christina Kelly a psychic? Raquel and Lala have a little scene where they bond over leaving toxic situations, but this is extremely short-lived because, like, Raquel is a toxic situation. <laughs> Lala tells Rocky that she wants to go buck wild on their trip, and Raquel says that she hopes that there are some cute guys because the pickings are slim in WeHo. Um, maybe look beyond your castmates? There are a lot of men in Los Angeles, I promise. Then Allie and James go get, like, pedicures or, I don't know, toe baths or something, but James asks Allie if she likes him better sober or drunk. Uh, what a stupid question. Like, who would want to be more well-liked when they're drunk? 
When she says that she likes him better sober, he looks genuinely disappointed, which is weird. <laughs> Pretty immediately after the girls arrive in Vegas, Ariana gets a call that Charlotte has had another seizure and she likely isn't going to make it. So, okay, I saw this theory online and I don't know if it's true or if people are just shitting on Sandoval because of everything that's going on recently, which like I get, but someone was like, I'd bet good money that Tom forgot to give Charlotte her medicine. And like, that would not surprise me in the least, <laughs> in the least. So Ariana heads home, and the rest of the girls go to Vanderpump Paris and are instantly smitten by their server, Oliver. You know, Oliver, son of Garcelle Bouvet. We love a crossover. Initially, Lala shows interest, which sparks Raquel's interest. We all know how much she loves competing with a friend for a guy. But before Raquel can make her move, she gets an earful from Katie's mama, who lays it down beautifully. Katie may seem strong, but divorce is hard. It's messy. It's emotional. Schwartz was Katie's family. Everyone else needs to just stay out of it. And by everyone, I mean Raquel. And by it, I mean Schwartz's mouth. The gals then head to Disco Pussy, and Oliver arrives shortly thereafter, setting Lala and Raquel off into competition mode. But at the end of the night, Lala bows out and lets Raquel take it. And I've gotta say, this slow-motion scene of Raquel and Oliver making out hits a little differently knowing what we know now. She a little skanky, ain't she? One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Cinnamon are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plump, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Cinnamon, you'll enjoy all the benefits Cinnamon has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit Cinnamon.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at Cinnamon.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Cinnamon definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Miami. The reunion begins and the ladies are invited back into the bank vault. This is honestly one of my favorite reunion sets ever, and I love like 90% of the outfits too, especially Gertie. She is my MVP for sure. Nicole's finances are discussed, and she basically explains that she and Anthony are badass ballers who know how to turn a buck into a million bucks. She discusses how they have flipped, like, a ton of houses, and Alexia has to chime in. Well, is that your money, or is it his money? Okay, first of all, where does Alexia's money come from? Second of all, I hate this idea that his money is his and hers is hers. Most couples, myself and my husband included, pool our finances. We both work and contribute and his money is mine and vice versa. She's also a fucking doctor, so let's be real, it's not like she's just sitting at home eating bonbons while he's spinning straw into gold, okay? 
Julia is asked about Martina's two cancer diagnoses, and before she can even get a word in, Lars is all like, that's not normal, is that normal? It was cringy, but it was only the first of many cringy things to come from Larsa this reunion. Andy asks Lisa how her divorce is going, and she says, slow and steady. It's going to be a long, drawn-out divorce, so expect to see a lot of mess next season. But we might only be seeing it from Lisa's side, as Lenny was invited to the reunion and declined, so it's unlikely he'll continue filming. But who knows? Narcissists do surprise us sometimes. But Lisa does go into a lot of detail about her relationship with Lenny, and honestly, it's, it's not even worth getting into because they clearly just had such an unhealthy relationship and have for the past decade. Like, okay... With all due respect, I don't know how Lisa couldn't see this coming when we all saw it coming during Real Housewives of Miami's first go-around. I think they also have lived separate lives for so long. Like, they both partied a lot, especially for middle-aged people with kids, so I don't know. Couldn't be me. Certainly couldn't be my husband. <laughs> Adriana joins the ladies, and she's asked how she could invite Larsa to come with her to her BBL consultation after giving Larsa such a hard time over her butt. Adriana goes into this whole rant about how she's a Brazilian, so it's okay for her to have a Brazilian butt lift, while Larsa continues to deny, deny, deny that she's had her butt done at all, so I don't know which one is more ridiculous, but neither of them are not ridiculous, that's for sure. Then, Marisol is asked about her drinking habits, and she says she's not hurting anybody, other than her own liver, I suppose. She says that Nicole is the biggest drunk out of all of them, and that she's a mean drunk, which takes the ladies to Nicole's engagement party. Alexia and Marisol accuse Nicole of being angry at her party, and she says of course she was angry. She was being forced to defend her integrity and her professionalism. The convo then switches to Nicole's relationship with her dad, and ugh, I just could not stand how the other couch was handling it. Like, at least Marisol acknowledged that she understands how difficult it must be for Nicole, but Alexia and Larsa were so gross. Their opinions were not only completely irrelevant and not asked for, but they were also deeply rooted in misogyny, saying Nicole needs to just get over it and, you know, trying to force her dad to apologize is mean because he's a man and she's emasculating him. Like, it was bullshit, honestly. I really didn't like it. Nicole's dad's girlfriend is mentioned, and the fact that he's in his 70s and she's in her 20s. And of course, Larsa chimes in, chirping about how age doesn't matter. I mean, we know you think that, Larsa, but this isn't about you. Also, it's gross, so shut up. A conversation about narcissists then comes up, and Andy insists that all of the housewives are a little bit narcissistic. Eh, aren't we all? Alexia insists that everyone just hates the fact that she's resilient, while Gertie and Nicole try to explain that that's not the case. They want Alexia to feel confident, they just don't want her to talk down to the other women and accuse them of being jealous of her. Alexia says that Gertie has referred to herself as a star too, but like, okay, Gertie was referring to her business, and she is a star. Alexia then says Gertie is difficult to work with, but that's not what Vogue magazine said, Alexia. Alexia then addresses what she said about Russian women and the <laughs> stigmatisms around them. Dead. I am dead. Also, Alexia is brain dead. <laughs> she also continues to refuse to apologize for anything, including what she said about Adriana and her date. In fact, she doubles down and says that Adriana rents all of her boyfriends. Adriana responds, I didn't know you can rent doctors. And Larsa chimes in, you can rent anybody. Between this and her talking about how age doesn't matter, she's kind of incriminating herself a little bit. Adriana then brings out a text conversation from 2020 that allegedly shows Alexia trying to set Adriana up with a married man, which is very interesting considering how hard she went on Adriana for dating a married man, who wasn't even married. I mean, the hypocrisy is wild. 
Finally, Amex Gate is addressed. I'm still firmly Team Nicole. She didn't do anything wrong, and that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Nicole tried to ask a question. Alexia said she wasn't going to pay for Nicole's question, so Nicole took out her black card and said, there's no limit. Iconic behavior. Period. All right, and finally, let's talk about Spaghetti City. I mean, Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> so the beginning of this episode shows Teresa in therapy, which like, honestly, good for her. We love to see it. It's revealed that Teresa's parents never said I love you. And okay, I've been thinking this to myself for a really long time now, but I've kind of been afraid to say it because people love Nona and Nono. I think those were their names. But what if it's not Joe's fault? What if it's not Teresa's fault? But what if it's just their parents' fault? Like. Honestly, both Joe and Teresa are hotheads with low IQs, so my guess is it's just the genes? Like, we can't blame them both for something that they were born with. Margaret has just had surgery on her wrist, and Joe has been an angel, helping her wipe her ass and everything. But, like, why couldn't she just use her other hand? I don't know. Jen and Bill are chatting, and Jen tells him not to be nice to Margaret when they see each other. She's literally like a nine-year-old. A nine-year-old drug addict. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. The whole drug addict thing for smoking weed is absolutely ridiculous. I'm high right now. Jen Fessler sits down with Margaret and expresses to her that she did not behave appropriately in her fight with Jen Aiden in last week's episode. I actually really appreciate that Jen Fessler can stick up for her friend when it matters, but then check her in private when they need to. You know, that's a good friend, a true friend. But Jen Aiden thinks that all of the women are afraid of Margaret because she has dirt on them. And I feel like Jen is going to try and dig that dirt up and sling it all over everyone. Rachel and Melissa go to the batting cages with their husbands, Frank and Brittany. And the Gorgas quickly start warning Rachel about Teresa and Louie. Melissa explains that Teresa extending an olive branch to Margaret is fake as fuck and it speaks volumes. It's manipulative and it's an attempt to try and stop Margaret from talking about them. Then the gang gets together for Dolores' second annual softball game. Danielle tells Margaret that Teresa warned her about Margaret, saying Marge is a better friend than an enemy. But like, isn't that kind of a given? Wouldn't you want most people as a friend over an enemy? Teresa and Louie arrive, and for a split second, the air is tense, but then someone whips out the sexy calendar, and all of a sudden, the energy shifts, and everyone's laughing and hugging. Who knew that a bunch of oiled-up shirtless men could bring peace to the world? I guess, thunder from down under, that's who. Jen Aiden reveals to Rachel Fuda that Bill's affair coming to light has affected their daughter, Olivia. Why would I want my kids to know this about their dad, she asks. And I get it, there are a lot of things that kids don't need to know about their parents. However, now that it's out, I think it could be turned into a positive thing in a couple of ways. So, first of all, you can use this as a teaching opportunity about how to respect your partners and what not to stand for in relationships. Second of all, you acknowledge how Bill made a mistake and how in some circumstances, people can change and work on themselves and become better. Like, the world is messy, relationships are messy. Your kids are going to see the mess, so at least try and clean it up so they can watch and learn how to clean up messes themselves later on, you know? So a lot of the housewives' kids are at the big game, including Gia and little Joey Gorga. They're talking, and it's really sweet, you know, none of us like to know that the entire family has been driven apart, especially the kids. But during her confessional, Gia's going on and on about how the Gorgas are the ones driving a wedge between the families, and I just don't think that's fair. Like, obviously I'm not Team Gorga, but I'm also not Team Judice. I'm Team All of Them Are To Blame, 
But I think it does say a lot that you never hear the Gorga kids talking shit about their aunt and uncle. So if one side has an entire army speaking out publicly and the other side just has two, I don't know. Like I said, no teams. All idiots. Everyone. Please just shut up and go share a bowl of meatballs. Bill and Jen go to therapy and... Wow, this scene is eye-opening. But I hope more than anything it's eye-opening for Jen. She clearly has been misdirecting her anger. Not to say that Margaret is innocent, but especially last season, Jen made Bill the martyr while everyone else was the villain. And it's clear that these two have a lot of other issues in their marriage beyond infidelity. And it's also clear that Jen was not over the infidelity at all. So I'm glad for them that they're getting help. They need it. <laughs> Alright guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Make sure you follow me on social media because I post a lot of really fun and interesting content over there. And it's monetized, <laughs> and I need to pay my mortgage. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, because you don't want to miss an episode. Why would you want to miss an episode? How fun was the past 30 minutes? Like, come on now. And, of course, go give me a five-star rating or review. I love your kind words. Someone on my last episode gave me four stars. Like, it's, come on, just one more star. Like, just bump it up to the five. Like, what do I need to do to get the five stars? Tell me, I'll do it. I swear, I'll do it. All right, guys, until next time, love you lots. Bye!